This morning we are reading from 1 John chapter 13. We know love by this, that we laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God and we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit that he has given us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Today is a special day, it is Mother's Day, and on this day come so many emotions and memories. Some are good, some not so good, and some are just downright tragic. We honor all women today, though, those who gave birth, those who raised another's biological child, those who influenced a child, those who tried their best and yet struggled, those who chose not to have children, those who longed for a child, and those who recognized that they were unable to care for their own child. We hold dear in our hearts those women who have lost children to death or miscarriage or from alienation. We also hold in our hearts those who have lost their mothers recently or in the past or do not have a good relationship with them. Through all circumstances, may love be present. The book of 1 John is called the book of love, for he talks about love a lot. In fact, you're gonna hear love. I hope you all get one thing out of this, and that love, you are loved, and God is love, okay? That's what I want you to get. I want you to say it together. I know you don't do this very often, but I want you to say this. God is love. God is love. Oh, come on. That was pretty pathetic. God is love. God is love. Okay. Now I feel better. Now I can sit down, but no, I won't. Um, (laughs) But 1 John, in this chapter takes love out of the emotional realm and moves it into an action realm. Don't just say that we love each other, but we must show that we love one another. Richard Rohr says it like this. Jesus commanded us to love, so we know know love is not just a feeling. Since we cannot command feelings, love is mostly a decision. 
Jesus did not say, and that's a big line in capital letters, not. Jesus did not say this. When you get healed, love. When you grow up, love. When you feel loving, love. When you get it together and have dealt with all your mother, father, husband, children wounds, then you must love. No, the commandment for us is to love now. As we move through life and beyond the isolation of COVID, it becomes even more critical for us to show love with our actions. Our world has changed in the last two years, and my rose-colored view of the world, I expected people to be more loving. I, isolation was not my thing, and to be able to come back as a community really feeds my soul, and so I expected everybody else to just gravitate towards each other and to show love. <sighs> well, when the mask came off and we entered a more normal world, that was not the case. Have you been out driving lately? <laughs> there is not a whole lot of defensive driving go on, going on. It's all offensing. It's all about getting where they wanted to go the fastest way they can, and it doesn't matter if they cut people off. And it's just a little scary. And then I thought people would treat each other kinder after all this isolation. Well, reality really hits me when I realize that there's not a whole lot of care anymore. It's all about judgment. And we are not loving each other like Jesus commanded. To see love and what Jesus did for us is huge. We see it when Jesus laid down his life for us. As our communion liturgy says, he did it while we were yet sinners. Jesus laid down his life for us because he's all about love. The, the sacrificial love of Jesus is more than just a nice idea and a noble concept. It is, in fact, a pattern of behavior that is supposed to be displayed by us in action. Who knew? Who knows? Who can see it? How does God's love abide in anyone, asked the author, who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? And there are so many people in the United States that need this help. According to the Cairo Center for Religions, Rights, and Social Justice, at least four and a half, uh, 46 and a half million people in the U.S., including one in every five children, are living in poverty. Over 97 million people are officially designated as low income. Taken together, that means almost half Okay, I'm exaggerating. 48% of the U.S. population is poor or low income. Now get this. The top 1% of the population in the U.S. owns 21% of the nation's wealth. The top 5% own 72% of the wealth. And the bottom 80%, you know what's left? Can you do the math? It's 7%. 
How do these statistics support the command to love one another? Well, God's love lives in those who sees a need and responds with help. Reverend April Coates wrote a wonderful devotional that was published in, on Facebook here on the Boston Avenue Facebook page. And she talks about a couple of weeks ago, and it was cold during that time, when she had a request from one of our ministry partners called Still She Rises. And usually the request is for utility assistance and things like that. But instead she was asked if she could pick up a tarp, a tent, and a sleeping bag. She said, sure. So she goes to Walmart, and as she's standing in line, someone says, oh, are you going camping with your family? And she realized what an honor, what status we have that she, someone could think of going camping instead of living in the tent and sleeping on the sleeping bag. For she was doing it for this woman who did not feel safe in a shelter. In an old paraphrased translation of the Bible, the writer translates 1 John 3.18 like this. I really do like this translation of this particular verse. My little ones, let's not talk about love. Let's not sing about love. Let's put love into action and make it real. That's what the author of 1 John is talking about when he challenges us to love one another to put love into action and make it real for others and for ourselves. So why is it so hard for us to sink our teeth into commandment to love one another? Why? Why is that? I question that. Well, it's so much easier to argue with our political opponents than to love them. I argue with the TV when those ads come on. Most of us are more comfortable taking a stand against abortion than taking care of a young woman that is having a problem pregnancy or helping a woman who has found out she is pregnant after being raped. Most of us would rather write a check to the homeless shelter than spend an evening providing job counseling to our friends that are unhomed. Most of us find it so much simpler to find a religious duty if showing up for, work, or for church, I'm glad you're here, but it's not all that we are commanded to do and to give offering, like the offerings, but that's not all that we're commanded to do. We are also commanded to feed the hungry, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, care for the sick, and visit the imprisoned. But we like the easy way. It makes us more comfortable if we can declare that all topics are either right or wrong, and in all issues there are good guys and bad guys, winners and losers, there's no gray area. That's easier. But Jesus was never about crushing his opponents. Instead, he challenged his followers by saying, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Putting love into action can be a difficult path. It is much harder to love one another than it is to fight one another. Here's the key, okay, the key. Love comes from God and not from human beings. Who knew? 
I am not the author of love? No, God is the author of love. The author of 1 John tells us that we know love because Jesus laid down his life for us. That's truly a divine accomplishment. The author reminds us that God's love lives in us, that little sacred spark right inside of us. God calls us to believe in the name of God's Son, Jesus Christ. This scripture assures us that God abides in us by the Holy Spirit that God has given us. If we succeed in loving one another, the credit actually belongs to God, not to us. Any love we show is a sign that the Holy Spirit is moving in and through us. Our world is in a desperate need of a church that puts love into action and makes it real. There are people all around us searching desperately for a community that actually practices what it preaches. Over a hundred years ago, there was a Christian philosopher, Soren Kierkegaard, that made a point that Jesus was looking for followers, not admirers. He wanted people who would walk with him, do his work, and serve in his name. One of Kierkegaard's own parable told of a man who was walking down a city street. And there in one of the storefronts was a big sign, and it said, We Press Clothes. He went home. He gathered up all his wrinkled laundry, took it in a big old pile and late, went into the storefront and laid it on the counter. And the store owner goes, what are you doing? Well, it said you press clothes. I brought you my clothes. <laughs> the store owner laughed and goes, we don't press clothes. We make signs. <laughs> They were just talking about pressing, not doing it. And that, says Kierkegaard, is often the problem in the church. We advertise ourselves as a place that is showing Christian love and doing Christ's work, but when people show up looking for the real love and the real Christian action, they don't see it. Oh no, we don't love people here. We just talk about loving people here. As a church who follows the teachings of Christ, we do what Jesus wants us to do, and we do it incredibly well. This means helping a brother or sister in need and loving one another in truth and in action. It means focusing on activities that really show the love of God to people who might be feeling unloved, and they may even be unlovable. We members of the church need to talk the talk and walk the walk. If we're going to advertise God's love, let's actually practice God's love. It's time to return to the core teachings of Christ, the ability to believe in Jesus Christ and to love one another by putting love into action. We often have people that come in off the street and they want to talk about different things. There was about every week, therefore a month, it seemed like there was a different person having a different issue. One was told he was going to hell and I said, but you're a beloved child of God and God made you. He said, I've never heard that, that God loves me. How sad. Another gentleman, 
came and all he wanted was to get back home. And I'm sorry, the bus did not go to his home. But instead, we did give him a blanket, we gave him food, and we allowed him to sit for a while and relax and to warm up because it was one of those cold spells. We had another gentleman that was deciding whether he wanted to be a member of the Mennonite community or the Methodist community. And as we spoke, I realized that he really didn't know what Christianity was all about. I said, you know, it sounds like you are really following Winston Churchill. And I said, that's great. But maybe giving your life over to Christ and talking about Christ might give you some assurance of God's love. And he was kind of taken aback by that. Another story of God's love happened in 1921. Some of you remember 1921, but I don't think too many of us do. At that time, Lewis Laws became the warden at Sing Sing Prison. No person was tougher, no, no prison was tougher than Sing Sing during that time. But when Warren Laws retired some 20 years later, that prison had become a humanitarian institution. Those who studied the system said credit for the change belonged to Laws. But when Laws was asked about the transformation, here's what he said. I owe it all to my wonderful wife, Catherine, who was buried just outside the prison walls. Catherine Laws was a young mother with three very small children when her husband became the warden at Sing Sing Prison. Everyone warned her from the very beginning that she should never, ever step foot inside the prison walls. But that didn't stop Catherine. When the first prison basketball game was held, she went. She walked right into that gym with her three little children in tow. They walked up into the bleachers and sat with the inmates, and she cheered as loud as anyone at that basketball game. Her attitude was, my husband and I are going to take care of these men, and I believe they will take care of me. I don't think I have anything to worry about. She insisted on knowing the men and what their records were. As she was going through the files, she realized that one of the murderers was blind, and so she taught him how to read Braille. She found out that another inmate was deaf and could not speak. So she went to school to learn American Sign Language so that he could communicate with her. And she also taught others how to use the sign language. Many said that Catherine Laws was the body of Jesus that came alive again at Sing Sing. In 1937, tragically, Catherine died in a freak accident. And it was reported in the area newspaper like this. The 2,625 Sing Sing inmates mourned the death of Catherine Laws. They called her our foster mother. And for 17 years, she had been known for her charity and kindness to prisoners 
and dependents. 200 prisoners were allowed to pay their respects at her home just outside the walls of the prison. The prison had its own little newspaper and one of the inmates wrote this. Many of us here have never known the true meaning of the phrase mother's love. Whatever else our stay in Sing Sing has meant, whether good or bad, in our innermost thoughts, we revere in our crude and clumsy way. We hold our foster mother in the place hallowed from the inception of man on this mundane sphere for our mother. Mrs. Laws took seriously the command to love one another and to put love into action. You may never be in a position to minister to a whole prison of inmates, but you'll have an opportunity to help others and to show Christian love to others. It is my hope and prayer that you will remember the words of Christ. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And in doing so, you will be putting love into action. Amen.